government school teachers are often blamed for the poor state of public education in india some claim that they are incompetent absent from classrooms and overpaid particularly when compared to teachers in the private sector is this true I'm Abhishek and this week on Research Radio we'll speak to Protheva Kundu about the state of India's public education system by focusing on teachers. Dr Kundu is with the Center for Budget and Governance Accountability where she leads research on the financing of education. We'll discuss her EPW article where she analyzes data from six states to understand if teachers indeed are the ones who are letting our system down. In the second half of the podcast, we'll also discuss the landmark national education policy that was published last year, and we'll focus on its impact on teachers. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, Pratibha. Thanks, Avishek. So uh, you've uh, mentioned that there's constant criticism of teachers' performance on the ground. You know that despite high salaries, the performance of children in examinations has not improved substantially. The primary reason cited for this is. that majority of teachers are not competent enough to teach effectively where does this criticism stem from and and what does it say about public education more broadly undoubtedly the role of teachers in quality improvement is paramount so there is no question about it but the problem is this narrative of measuring teachers efficiency through cost effectiveness or linking that with students achievement this is relatively new concept and from where it is emerging because teachers are viewed as one of the inputs of school education system and the output is examination result or the final outcome is learning achievement and the system is looking for that and i feel this approach towards teaching it started changing after the scheme sarva shiksha abhiyan it was a centrally sponsored scheme launched in 2002 that was introduced the thing is the approach of ssa was quite short term what happened for quick results ssa went for some policy measures like appointment of contractual teachers then there was policy like uh reducing the duration of in service teacher training program so earlier 2 to 3 months was given for teacher training program but under ss it was only 10 days and naturally all these factors have direct implication on the quality and then i also want to mention that after the sixth central pay commission it's in 2006 it came many of the states have also increased the salary of regular cadre teachers and for some states it's a quite a jump and since teacher salary constitutes the largest share of education budget so this high salary is now getting considered as fiscal burden and then system started linking this cost effectiveness and efficiency of teachers and it started questioning the accountability of teachers uh, though i must say it's not very clear to me that uh, controlling the teacher salaries how one can guarantee the accountability of teachers or how one can ensure the improvement in learning mm-hmm. It seems that the shift towards relying on the Sarva Shiksha Abhiyan (SSA) uh, was quite important and cut down teacher training from uh, f- for a few months to about ten uh, to twenty days, which is quite a big uh, cut. Why did states uh, come to rely so heavily on the scheme? There is a difference between a scheme and a holistic approach, sectoral approach. Since it's a scheme, it has a very limited agenda. 
there should be some spending annually there is some sanctions so allocation you have to spend in a one year time and uh, you have to show some quick results so uh, it's a some sort of expenditure cartling was there and also uh, you probably know that in india the teacher education system the institutions which are responsible for providing teachers education like diets district institute for teachers education most of the teachers education system in india are private 90% are private only 10% institutions are there which are government run and the situation of those institutions are horrible so instead of promoting for teacher education which is mainly pre service education the focus on some sort of recurring expenditure towards in service teacher training and that's why uh, this 10 days period and also very low unit cost was associated with this unit this in service teacher training it's like 300 rupees per day and uh, for some states 200 rupees per day so you can imagine yes yes and uh, conversations and debates on uh, teachers roles in government schools usually points to absenteeism rates can you tell us more about your findings uh, on this topic actually there is a subtle difference between teacher absence and teacher absenteeism now the problem is when we talk about role of teachers in this context we tend to use it interchangeably let me explain so teacher absenteeism it points towards the absence of teachers in school without appropriate reason whereas teachers can be absent from school for many reasons it can be official work administrative work or any other circumstantial reasons so basically you see that teacher absenteeism is a subset of teacher absence let me put a data before you then it would be much more easier to understand a study by azim premzi foundation they did a uh, survey in a regular day they the uh, survey finds that when teacher absence was at around 19% teacher absenteeism was only 2.5% that means the other, what was the survey looks finds that the other teachers were either absent on account of official duties or because of the authorized leave so this is the picture now the question is why interpreting it wrongly is problematic so what happens most of the time this teacher absenteeism is discussed from the lens of fiscal burden it considers if teachers are absent then it's a wastage of public money probably this is a view which is promoting the idea of performance linked salary so i'm not saying it's bad to have an outcome orientation in the approach but the problem is we haven't created any such environment for teachers that we can link their salary with outcome because teacher salaries do not directly determine their performance there are so many other factors like their working conditions teacher education recruitment type remuneration and so many factors which influence the learning outcomes also there is a recent trend that this overestimated figures state governments are taking some policy measures you can see that teachers are getting monitored through biometrics through cctv etc and which is really demotivating so my whole point is without understanding the fundamental problems behind teachers absence it is not wise drawing up policies for them right right and and could you walk me through how the situation for teacher vacancies and trainings uh, becomes more pronounced and serious with the secondary schools uh, you may see that many teachers are teaching all subjects so someone who is teaching physics also teaching mathematics english many things we see we find in schools now under rashtriya madhyamik shiksha abhiyan one of the uh, schemes for, uh, which was catering secondary education so there was norm that every school should have five subject specific teachers and one head teacher 
uh, but you will understand the extent of shortage let me give you some statistics that will tell you so in bihar there is only one english teacher which is teaching 1995 children similarly the pupil teacher ratio in west bengal for mathematics one teacher is teaching 858 students so you can see the how deep rooted is the problem and even for the head teacher post that uh, in bihar and chatisgarh more than 70% of this head teacher posts are lying lying vacant and so the there is huge shortage at secondary level and why is it that state and central governments are not recruiting enough teachers so uh, no recruitment or, low, or you say low recruitment it's a, it's a long time event now there is increase in enrollment in elementary level and so there was demand created at secondary schools the school has expanded the enrollment has increased and naturally demand for teachers have also increased but the problem is in the past or even now there is no policy or financial priorities for secondary education it's still in favor of elementary education uh, for the last 10 years if you take the data government spending on secondary education is stagnant at 1% of gdp but despite that means despite the need of teachers government is not recruiting simply because it will cause fiscal burden on states so whenever you are recruiting one regular cadre teacher so government needs to pay them salary in scale they have to pay tra- travel allowance dns allowance pensions etc which is definitely cost intensive thus what is happening that states are managing with appointing contractual teachers and uh, that option is very open to them because uh, not much money they have to pay and there are so many people who are without jobs and uh, with lower salary people are accepting but still there is also problem because bihar government in its report mentioned that since requirement of uh, secondary education needs higher qualification and since government is giving lower salary the government is unable to attract qualified teachers and that is uh, the problem is more in case of science and mathematics teachers right right and a recurring argument in the article and and based on our conversation is that the government is underfunding education and this is hindering the prospects of india's largely young population these problems however are not new and you've mentioned how they date as far back as 1966 when the education commission raised concerns about teacher training in india uh, this is a large question to answer but why is it that education is not prioritized uh, you see government priority for any sector i mean including education it gets reflected in the budget and to me budget is more of a political statement than a financial statement so when comes to question of policy and policies relating to outcome policy makers always prefer for short term outcomes than a long term one thus you will see it's not the whole education sector is getting priority but some of the components are getting priority there is substantial investment you will find in school infrastructure time to time there will be in, there is investment in providing non monetary incentives to students for example in the form of bicycles and laptops etc sometimes you can also see recruitment of teachers especially before election half of the final components of school education like uh, teachers training like monitoring or addressing the issue of equity these are the some of the issues has always remains neglected right right and and just to follow up other other examples where state governments have prioritized teachers and their training yes from my study states whatever i have seen this is true for maharashtra and tamil nadu so in case of teacher recruitment or uh, teacher training both the states have actually followed the policy of appointing 
professionally qualified and regular cadet teachers so it's always the case for tamil nadu and maharashtra and similar feature you can also see in kerala also and we can see the impact of that in the outcome because these are some of the states which are in the uh, higher side of the education ladder uh uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh, what are some specific reasons or uh, maybe structural that states find it difficult to fund teacher education by nature of constitution actually uh, states fiscal health are not that good they are they don't have that much power of revenue generation so when their their whole resource uh, envelope is limited when that limited resource envelope generally it happens that states are prioritizing the sectors like urban development housing uh, judiciary etc and social sectors get neglected but it's also the approach of the political parties their objectives their motives which sometimes uh, push for uh, spending on social sectors and probably that has happened in uh, kerala for same example mm-hmm. and and based on the data i also observed that there's a drop in the number of schools students and teachers between 2014 and 2050 and the year after has this trend continued are there um, are more students now preferring to go to private schools uh, yeah it's true there is a general trend for the last few years that uh, enrollment in government school is decreasing and private school is increased i think currently 34% of the school going children are in private school uh, however if we look at the last three years dice data uh, the mhrd data you can say interestingly you will see that uh, there is a decrease in enrollment both in government school government aided school as well as recognized private schools and where the increase is showing it's in the other category school and which are these other category schools these are basically madrasas and unrecognized private schools so my hunch is that children are now taking admission in this unrecognized low cost so called english medium private schools but i i want to uh, i want to say that there is some good news also like this year after 25 years enrollment in government school in kerala has increased as compared to private schools again number of government school in delhi has increased uh, a similar picture was also observed in case of teacher recruitment in government school some of the states like uh, chatisgarh karnataka delhi uh, rajasthan they have actually recruited a number of teachers in government school and uh, here mentionable is that uh, 38000 teachers getting recruited between 1718 and 1819 in rajasthan and 20000 in karnataka uh but just just a fact to mention here that there was assembly elections in both the states in 2018 also so right, right. Uh, that's that's probably played a role yeah and you've written that you know instead of recruiting regular teachers states are now in the process of deploying teachers to show a reduction in the number of single teacher schools and that the overall parent teacher ratio is as per the norms under the right to education act why do governments aim to meet selected norms rather than prioritize the quality of education as a whole and and are there ways that these indicators that are that are important uh, can they be made more nuanced and holistic yeah this is the fact that uh, the states are uh, trying to uh, meet the ptr norm as per the rte act it's not about meeting selected norms against the prioritizing quality because i feel that quality is not solely a so called qualitative concept to measure quality you have to have some quantitative measures and pupil teacher ratio is one of them so when we look at into the question of meeting the norm of ptr 
I feel it is not bad at all because rather it's it's a requirement. However, the question is, what is the process government is following to meet the target, and also at which level the norm is getting realized? You have seen that the states have able to meet the target of PTR because it's easy to meet the average PTR at state level. But if you want to see the data at district level or at block level or at school level, then only the true pictures will come out because there is, I think, more than one lakh schools or single teacher schools. It's also the from which perspective you are looking at the data or you are presenting the data. Right, right, and and I, I know that your research hasn't covered this specifically, but if we could delve a little on the impact that COVID might have had on uh, teacher training and and their uh, uh, performance. Uh, firstly, teachers are facing huge problem because they were not at all very much familiar with this online education, and suddenly uh, something has come to them, and also the way. The government is promoting for privatization as, as well as digital education. Uh, you, you may see that in near future, there is no chance of recruitment of teachers because uh, the whole online education will serve the purpose. As well as you will see that teacher trainings day by day, instead of depending on the proper teacher education program, the government is asking to rely on the some of the online websites they have under Sayamprova and this kind of portals are there where uh, they're giving online classes to teachers for in-service teachers training. So it's, it's difficult to serve the purpose of teacher training if you get education through online. So I think COVID has made the situation worsen. We can see in near future a number of children is going to leave schools. There be uh, there's a high chance a dropout will increase, and also this digitization it's problematic because we don't have enough infrastructure. We are not yet ready, and even if it is ready, I mean it cannot be a substitute of traditional one-to-one class. Yes. Yes. And. I'm curious about some of the unanswered questions on teacher education that you'd like to investigate for your future work. Actually, as a continuation of that, since we have seen the pictures at union level but and at the, also at the state level, but what is actually happening at the district levels, we, it's, it's really very unknown to us because there is no such information at either in public domain and uh, it's not easily available and uh, we have seen that the government is talking about decentralization in approach but the whole problem lies at the school level the money is not reaching to school the schools are the planning is not happen at school level though the guidelines are saying that it's a bottom-up approach instead of top-down approach but what is happening that schools have no clue they are not making any plans uh, it's like states are making the plans and feeding them to the districts and schools so that's why we are planning to look more deeper deep dive uh, looking in the budget questions at the, what is happening at state uh, district levels as well as school levels yes there's the serious inequality in accessing digital education uh, that has been consistently downplayed by the government. Uh, so the National Education Plan, uh, the NEP, was published after Protiva and I recorded this podcast on the role of government teachers. So I reached out to Protiva again uh, since this NEP was so uh, monumental and she was kind enough to give me another chance to speak to her about the NEP. So uh, here we go. 
um i would like to start by understanding about the requirements to qualify as a teacher so i understand that there are there are several changes and one among them is that uh, there's a need for a four year bachelor of education uh, by the year 2030 i was curious about how that might impact the quality of teaching the best thing is that uh, new policy actually has acknowledged the role of teachers and it's talking about that no reform act possible unless the teacher is broad center stage that's a very good thing and it's also it's also saying it's also hoping for actually outstanding students uh, will come and choose this teaching profession and uh, that's why they have come up with a set of recommendations and uh, regarding this requirement the first recommendation that we can see in this rec- uh, policy is the minimum uh, four years integrated ba degree for teaching that is required i mean there are options for one and then two year bit of programs also because those who have who are with a bachelor degree can they can do the two year bit program and those who have masters degree or something like this equivalent to this four year multidisciplinary degree they can also take one year the bit course but generally for most of the students it's four year integrated bit courses now this is followed in america and also in may, many other countries it's a very much global practice uh, this four year things and so uh, keeping the parity it's also good for india to this measure is i'll say it's a very good measure right right so that that is good to hear some of the things that we need to keep in mind that before rolling out this program because um, whenever we are uh, talking about this particular recommendations there are two other recommendations we should also mention that is there in the policy document uh, that is one is uh, they are talking about a new and comprehensive national curriculum framework for teacher education and the other one they are talking about is a common guiding set of national professional standard for teachers so what does these two uh, recommendation means this means somehow nep 2020 is proposing a very single model of teacher education uh, a homogenized a standardized system of preparing teachers which i feel is disregarding the uh, specific needs and uh, concerns of diverse states and different levels of education that students are joining for the, for this courses so something this is one of the concern that i feel now coming to the nitty gritty of this program if it rolls out then the first question comes who are going to offer this course who will offer this courses so we have seen that uh, national council of teacher education which is the nodal body it has invited applications from all the interested institutions to include this four years uh, bit courses in their curriculum and that is they are suggesting that they should start from 2021 now uh, in this connection i think we need to remember the experience of the similar kind of thing that has started 6 years back in the delhi university that this four years undergraduate program because this bit program is also in the same line generally we have this this bit program will give a dual degree one is the graduation degree at the same time the bit degree because there will be combination like ba ba bcom ba or bsc ba this kind of thing is going to happen so earlier this graduation program was for 3 years so that means this for this 4 years program is not only an extra year but also additional teaching hours right but other than that it's more about a changed pedagogy because since you were talking about on integrated course so it requires restructuring from the very first year to fourth year you can't design it separately also the policy is stating that schools will need teachers who can teach in multiple languages 
and also have knowledge of new age courses like coding like computational thinking etc so the b8 course will be accordingly in that fashion will be designed now think of that who are then going to teach this the teachers who are going to uh, offer this training they also they need to have this multiple language uh, knowledge they have they should have this uh, knowledge of new age courses then the first questions come are we then going to appoint new teachers for this uh, four years um, this undergraduate integrated b8 program because policy is not talking about or UGC even UGC is not talking about recruitment of new teachers for undergraduate program in a very immediate point and that is a serious problem for longer period of time because regular cadre teacher recruitment is not happening right right and and could we also discuss the teacher eligibility tests uh, the TETs now again this is not something new because if you see the right to education act there is one of the norms that teachers need to qualify either central teacher eligibility test or state tet but that was still class 8 because rt was for elementary education now the what is going to change now that the earlier the tet was divided into two components part 1 till class 5 and part 2 till 6 7 8 now since the whole new education policy the national education policy is changing the school structure now we have four parts like foundational preparatory middle and secondary so accordingly the eligibility test teacher eligibility test will be also developed accordingly that has been proposed in the policy document and for the subject teachers there will be some national testing agency whose score will matter in the whole recruitment process Uh, the uh, the one one of the important things i think that's also a good measure that it's talking about that uh, no uh, even the private school teachers also need to qualify the tet uh, the it was earlier also there in the rt but again only for class 8 but now it's uh, applicable till class 12 so basically what does it mean a candidate who has a four year b ed degree and tet certificate is eligible to apply for teacher recruitment in school so if we think in terms of ensuring quality obviously these benchmarks are really good and uh, it's it these are good measures but problem is again also in terms of tet we have seen only uh, i think around 50% qualifies this tet teacher eligibility test till date so uh, 15% so the percentage pass percentage is so low so if again this case happens then what would be how we are going to uh fill the all these existing vacancies so all these things we need to keep in mind before rolling out this program before we have to prepare the bait for it yeah yeah and it seems like you're identifying the ways that some of the groundwork hasn't been laid uh, to uh, establish the kinds of requirements uh, that have been proposed with the NEP 2020 to some extent that is true also and the other thing i also feel that the policy hasn't taken much lesson from the uh, existing situation in many of the cases so that's why i give you the ex- uh, the example of delhi university you know the delhi university for what we are saying so many things the undergraduate program the four years the 1500 students were, uh, had taken this undergraduate program and when the the companies have came for this uh, campus selection only three they find eligible for this because the kind of semester the kinds of uh, weightage subject uh, the way uh, the teaching was happening because they were trying to make you expert in all the subjects with a little bit of knowledge so they find only three three student basically enough knowledge about uh, to pursue the particular job they were offering 
and uh, and how might the recruitment process itself impact the quality of teachers that are hired uh, is including interviews in the recruitment process a, a good idea it, it again it's a good measure because it has mentioned that interview will become a, become an integral part of teacher hiring i think beside examination if there is one sort of one to one discussion one to one i mean there is interview it's, it's always good for uh, as a good measure but it also it's also saying that interview uh, is it will check assess the comfort and proficiency in teaching the local language so uh, that's also one of the purposes of this interview now and uh, the other point also regarding recruitment that policy has mentioned that is i also feel a very good step that uh, it's saying that uh, hiring and vacancies in schools will be managed digitally and uh, all the states uh, depending on the required subject wise teacher vacancies they will uh, load the data in the website and accordingly the priority and situation uh, so there is more transparency in that sense but again there are some loose ends in terms of rec- uh, recruitment the first thing i want to mention uh, so in the foundational literacy and numeracy chapter so there one of the points the policy made that made that uh, teacher vacancies will be filled at the earliest in a time bound manner uh, in the places where um, larger pupil teacher ratio or disadvantage areas these are all fine then it says that special attention will be given to employing local teachers those are familiar with the local languages but question is who are these local teachers how there is nothing clear explicitly t- uh, said about the policy uh, about what will be their working condition what will be the salaries of local teachers are they come through this four year integrated ba program and then take pass uh, because these are are, are they are uh, basically a uh, similar kind of contractual teacher what would be their training process all these things are very much missing because they are just talking about there will be employment of local teachers with uh, familiarity with local languages so this is one of the loose end and another thing also uh, in terms of as i mentioned the contract teachers or para teachers or discontinuing the practice of hiring these teachers there is nothing no clear statement regarding this so is it going to be the same set of people who are who are currently uh, working who will uh, will be retained or what uh, is going to change we don't know another point one more contradiction that i find in the policy uh, probably you have also observed that uh, there is relaxation on t- in terms of norms of schooling because the policy is saying encouraging alternative models of schooling like patshala gurukul madrasa home schooling etc etc many sorts of schooling now as i already mentioned there is strict norms and standards for teacher education that is four year ba program and then tet eligible so how these two will go i mean how what this educated teacher will then what they will do in this patshala gurukul madrasa kind of structure so there is a somehow a contradiction between the uh, type of schools they are offering and type of teacher education the system is offering yes yes and and we've covered this uh, in our previous conversation but uh, the nep states that stringent action will be taken against substandard standalone teacher education institutions what steps does the nep recommend to ensure that teachers are well trained so this is a very i mean it's a long pending measure you know that uh, more than 80 to 90% of the teacher education institutions in india are private 
and uh, the justice barma committee report one of the committees was uh, constituted for teacher education which is clearly said that our uh, teacher education sector is broken and that's why so many children are at risk and because of this existence of uh, so many private institutions so uh, this is a very good uh, measure that stringent action should be taken but then you need to offer something there should be setting up of teacher training institutions government teacher training institutions or recognize private teacher training institutions then you need to have recruitment of trainers i mean the trainers in the institutions who can teach because the target of four years under uh, integrated b ed program is 2030 so in the meantime in this la- coming uh, 10 years these are the institutes which will work so the diet the district instituted uh, institute for teacher education the norm is that in every district there should be one diet so we have more than 700 districts now i think uh, how many i don't know more 740 or something but uh, only 512 diets are operational but again operational doesn't mean in operation in full fledged operation uh, happening because uh, there is so much uh, shortage of teachers because one diet should have at least 25 posts 19 academic faculty and six non academic faculty and there is huge shortage of human resources so uh, that's why I'm, i mean it's a very good measure to that uh, government is uh, the policy has mentioned about but then you have to give something you have to, to substitute that and you need to invest enough for the strengthening the whole teacher education system and what is not happened till date historically both union and state governments this is the one area very much resource starved now adequate investment have never happened so i mean though you are planning for well trained teachers but at the same time you have to uh, give the foundation otherwise if you are thinking of only i mean the policy has so many times has talked about encouragement for online teachers training so online teachers training can be there it can be a i mean a something to complement the whole system but cannot be a substitute uh, of the face to face teacher education going through a through a, educa- a whole uh, going to the teacher education institutions and so on right right and and uh, as just as we approach the the end of this conversation i wanted to learn about uh, how the nep views the role of the private sector uh, in terms of uh, providing education if not very explicitly but there is all uh, overall there is hint towards privatization it's talking about that uh, philanthropic activities and philanthropy they haven't clearly spelled out that what is private philanthropic activities and under that they are also suggesting that teacher education can come now uh, if csr if private uh, any private organization anyone can come and take out this teacher education open can open a teacher education institution and etc so some are certainly uh, this uh, policies uh, going towards privatization as and i as i already mentioned that since there is not much resources and given the covid situation given the economic situation uh, of uh, india it is highly i mean we can easily assume that the education is not going to get priority in the coming days because there are so many other priorities other priority sector and if there is not enough resources uh, then the government institution won't be able to take up and then to if you need to roll out the all your policy you will depend on privatization that's also happening the world bank uh, the star project is already their government has signed a move uh, 
uh, with the World Bank the, for the STAR project, where there is teacher uh, education is an important component. So these things are happening. So and uh, in future, uh, more of this, we, we, we can, I mean, we are, we are prepared to see these kind of things. Right, right, right. And, and, and are there other changes in the NEP that you'd like to comment on uh, that affect teacher training and availability uh, more specifically? Uh, one of the points I uh, want to mention here is that the policy should talk more about resources. You know, after all, I mean, whatever design you make on the policy, if you can't implement those vision, what's the point? And where the financial, uh, the resource has a very important role to play. As I already mentioned that there is very little investment for strengthening the teacher training education uh, institutions. And there is so over time there is so much uh, emphasis on in-service training, but pre-service education is missing in the whole structure because that needs more resources. Now even this in-service training, uh, there is so much emphasis on the use of technology platforms like uh, the Siam, Diksha, etc. The recently one of the uh, press information bureau MHRD's uh, Ministry of Education's PIB release, you have seen that they. The Nishta portal, one of the portals that is uh, full form is National Initiatives for, Initiative for School Heads and Teachers, Holistic Advancement. So this Nishta portal is for uh, uh, under Samagra Shiksha Abhijan, it has been uh, designed for the elementary, elementary stage teachers training. And the BIB release is saying that in the COVID period, since the situation is not good, they are going to train 24 lakh teachers through this portal and within a very short span of time. And the reality has, uh, the, there is information that only five days modular um, in the NISTA portal is there for teacher training. So at the same time, whenever we were talking about quality of teachers training, and at the same time, a five days online uh, portal for training, I mean, this doesn't go, I mean, doesn't go one with the other. And the other thing also, this is my hunch, since, since you know that there is cost implication associated with, uh, uh, building up teacher education institution etc whereas the cost of online training is obviously much if there you have that digital infrastructure once in place it is much lesser so uh, if you if you a uh, chance has been given there will always be inclination towards online training and we hope to have you uh, on research radio to talk about that when that does happen and uh, if your research focuses on that um and yeah is there anything else you'd like to share about uh, the nep uh nep is such a document i mean uh, it's uh, full of i mean it's contradicting itself from in every page like they they, are, they have a lot of policy recommendations but uh, they don't go any into any specific of those recommendations so we don't know how to uh, implement that and the policy itself is saying that uh, this is a vision plan there will be some other committee to implement that and uh, those committee will uh, take up and then i don't know how things will happen because it's a set of uh, uh, contradictory recommendations uh, without any proper support of uh, resources from where the money will come we don't know uh, there is no such suggestion in detail that how the all the specifics would be done under all these recommendations so i am not not very happy with the uh, most of the recommendations given in the NEP. yes yes uh, Protiva, thank you so much for joining us on Research Radio. I think you've given us a comprehensive account of the state of public school teachers in India. So thank you, Abhishek. Thank you for this interview. 
Something that stuck with me from what Protiva said that a state budget is more of a political statement that tends to focus on short-term needs, essential actions such as investing in teacher training facilities and hiring regular and trained staff often end up providing benefits relatively only in the long run. There were a lot more insights that uh, Protiva discussed in the article that we didn't get to fully discuss and I do recommend reading it and a special feature that we've made on it. I've shared links to both in the show notes. Next week, we'll speak to Deepa Joshi about drinking water and efforts by the state and private corporations to effectively manage this scarce resource. We'll focus on reforms related to drinking water access to investigate if they address the needs of marginalized groups. There's a lot for us to discuss since water is a topic that affects all our lives. And if the topic sounds interesting to you, do subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Take care and I'll see you next week.